It all started with a very simple idea. Tell the stories of how successful middle market CEOs made it to the corner office. I'm Brand Handley, founder and managing director of Resource Options International, or ROI. We're the USA's premier executive search firm focused exclusively on empowering middle market companies to attract, hire, and retain A players while transforming top executives' careers and lives. ROI's Into the Corner office is dedicated to discovering how middle market CEOs advance their career, and we're making these remarkable and sometimes quite unbelievable stories available to you for the very first time. Listen and learn about the challenges they've overcome, the interesting people they've met along the way, and the lessons learned that steered these executives' unique journey into a middle market corner office of their own. I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. Today, my guest is John Costello, president and CEO of Cherry's Industrial Equipment Corporation. John is responsible for the overall development and success of the company and is experienced in every aspect of the company's operations. He started out as a sales assistant and moved up through the ranks to manager, partner, and sole owner during his 28-year tenure. John lives in Illinois with his wife, Kim, three beautiful kids, Jack, Grace, Leah, and their dog, Millie, who is adored and loved by all. John attended Northern Illinois University, where he received his degree in marketing. He enjoys swimming and competes in 5K open water swims and Masters State and National Champion meets, holding top 10 times in many events. John Costello, welcome into the corner office. Thanks for having me, Brant. I'm really excited about today. Great to have you here. And, you know, we spoke a few weeks ago and great to catch up live here. And we always like to kick off our podcast understanding a little bit about the early years of our CEO guests. So tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what your early family life was like. Yeah, so I, I grew up in the Chicagoland area. I'm, uh, I'm one of seven. Wow, big family. Four brothers, two sisters. Yeah, uh, Irish Catholic family. Nice. And um, we grew up. Uh, where we all worked. I, my mom and dad were entrepreneurs. Um, so at a very, very young age, um, I think I started working for my dad when I was nine years old. Wow. Wow. Where, where are you in the pecking order? Are you the oldest, youngest, I'm the, in the middle? I'm the oldest boy. Oldest so boy. Sec- okay. Second oldest. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we were like hyper competitive when it came to everything. We, uh, we were involved in sports and, um, everything was was a game and my dad was pretty good at uh at uh, a couple of things of like you know young age of of showing us the value of a dollar mm. um getting us involved in a business very 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 young yeah what, then, what kind of business uh, was it what, what what did he he um he owned a couple of businesses one of them was a a newspaper agency so yeah, you know, when you talk about paper boys, we, yeah. we were the we were the cleanup crew. So uh-huh. any of the papers that weren't delivered, me and my siblings would go out and deliver. And uh, okay, yeah. So it was it was I wouldn't say it was enjoyable because we were working from like <laughs> three o'clock in the morning till like yeah. nine o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh! Yeah, big family. You just everybody had to chip in. Um, so he had that business, and then. He had a couple of retail stores later in life uh, and then sold the newspaper agency and 
And uh, I think that's kind of where I got the bug of being right. an entrepreneur or a business right. owner. Yeah. Were you all a couple of years apart growing up? Um, so, you know, again, I think things are so much different now. Uh, yeah. The difference in age is uh, there's seven kids in 10 years. Wow. And my wow. mom uh, always talks about, you know, she had, uh, so she got married when she was 19. So when she was 29, she had seven kids. <laughs> Could you even imagine that? Imagine. I, I don't think I had my first kid until I was 30 and you know, not <laughs> yeah, that much same. younger than your parents. But, yeah, you know, same, same with me. Right. So yeah. she was a busy, busy mom. Oh, did she, she go? Was. Did she go back into the workforce later? She you did. Know? She ran yeah. one of the retail stores. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. I mean, early on, she would she would laugh. I mean, we were church goers and uh, she would say, you know, you know, she would, cause my dad was working and she'd say, you know, by the time I started on the first kid and helped them get ready for George, by the time I got to the seventh, the first one was naked again. <laughs> and I'd have to start all over. Right? I love it. I yeah. love it. What a, yeah. what a crazy time. And, um, uh, were you in a rural community, you know, kind of, uh, you were in the suburbs. suburbs. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we were, we were closer to the city and then, and then my parents moved a little further West. Yeah. Um, it really kind of a stretch to, to move to the community, but that was so we could get a better education. Sure. And, and, you know, I think, um, my parents probably, probably like others that are listening, you know, they really sacrificed, you know, so we would have yeah. a better starting point in life. Yeah. Parochial schools, public schools. Yeah. We went to Catholic grade school yeah. and right. I went to a Catholic high school for a year and then, then transferred into a, you know, a, a you know, public school. Um, we, me and my siblings, we were all swimmers, competitive swimmers. Oh, wow. And cool. so we were recruited very highly because yeah, they figured yeah. if they got one, they got seven. Right? So, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Did you do that through high school and college? Yeah, I did that through high school yeah. and college. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Who were some of the early or what were maybe some of the early inspirations from your childhood as you recall? Um, you know, we, you know, we went through this exercise here recently, I mean, just really over the weekend. And, you know, I always ask people this, you know, if you kind of growing up, you know, how were things prioritized? And, right. and like in our family, it was it was family, God, work, sports, yeah. school. Right. So most of the influences that I had were like my dad was my mentor, right. you know, um, teachers uh, more of like the priest, you know, um, you know, those were early on, you know, big influences and then coaches, you know, we had kind of the best of the best coaches out there. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I, I have such fond memories of, uh, a couple of the, you know, the coaches that I had that just, they just pushed you beyond what you thought you could do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I hated it when I was doing it, but you look back and you say, yeah, that, that really kind of developed me into the, you know, the person that I am. Right. Right. Were you a good student in school? I was a, I was a CB student. Okay. <laughs> I, right. I think kind of later on in life, it's the same thing that I tell my, my kids is, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a priority. I wish it was, you know, uh, my, I think I just created some, you know, uh, I don't want to say issues, but just some, some different 
you know, um, priorities, challenges, you know, later <laughs> right. in life, right? If I could go yeah. back to sixth grade math, I think I would be a much better, <laughs> a much better student, or a much, now, I would have been a much better student. Were, were, were there actually, did you have the nun teachers back then? Where they we were, did, yeah, yeah, we had, yeah. Had nun teachers, and I, rulers I think it was out, more, hands being slapped, all that kind of stuff. Yes, 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 <laughs> yep. Yeah, we wouldn't let you get below a C, John. I'm sure they were they were good about. They were pushing, right? They yeah, certainly were pushing. It was it was the problem was just going home and not doing the homework. That was the, right. Sure, if I could have gone back and done that. It would have been better. Yeah. So you mentioned swimming. Any other sports you got involved with in school? Or yeah, we were activities? involved in just about everything. You know, yeah. so swimming. You know, baseball, uh, track. Um, you know, I had some of my siblings were in wrestling. But, you know, swimming, it's one of those sports that even back then it was hard to do other things because we were swimming two times a day. And um, it was a it was really a full time job. And we were we were swimming at a pretty high level. You know, we were, I think, me and one of my brothers, we didn't know this at the time, but they used to have something called Junior Olympics. And, you know, we we would compete. We would do very, very well. I mean, we just didn't know we were that good until right, you know, right. you know, later in life. Yeah. Do you still swim? Is that something you've kept up I do, as a yeah. I, exercise? I can, yeah. It's a great I, sport. I compete. Yeah. I, I swim so this compete. morning. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I still compete. There's, yeah. there's uh, master swimming and, sure. uh, and uh, I, I swim, I swim state this last year. I didn't do nationals, yes. but uh, yeah, cool. it's, 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 it's awesome. It it's really a great is. sport. It's, it's hard work. It's, it's like rowing. I had one of my daughters was a rower and, you know, early in the morning, get to go to work out. I love it because I always sweat when I work out. And I think yeah. when I swim, you know, it just keeps me cooler. And I, I love it as an exercise. I just think it's been a great sport. I, I think for me, it's just, uh, it's, you know, water to me just kind of, uh, you know, kind of erases, you know, yeah. whatever emotions I'm having. Yeah. That, yeah. Right. <laughs> Literally just, wash them away. <laughs> it does. Seriously. I think it takes me, you know, probably two or 300 yards, but your face is in the water and you're just, yeah. you know, worried yeah. about, you know, the repeat or flip terms or whatever. And then right. it just, it just right. washes away. So it's very Love cathartic. It. You mentioned entrepreneurial things, what, you know, other than helping dad with the, you know, newspaper subscription business, what other types of things did you do as a kid as an entrepreneur? Um, yeah, we were in scouting. Yeah. Uh, so we, we did that. Um, we were always signed up for something, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I would say, you know, probably through, through high school, you know, um, you know, back to my dad's business. Right. Cause that was, that was really the, the thing is, you know, I turned 16 and I became the, the weekend manager, you know? Right. Right. But, um, put you in charge. Yeah. I, I think I could say this and McDonald's isn't going to come back and say anything. Um, my mom got me a job at McDonald's is like a second job. And, right. uh, and so this was interesting, you know, like for the first two months I was working there, um, you know, they, they just kept saying, you know, you're everybody, somebody seems to drop you off at the, at the, the restaurant every day, you know? And so finally the manager said, do you have your driver's license? And I said, no, I'm 15. And there was just like panic on his face, right? Like, oh, you guys are working 40 hours, right? You're, you're, you're working the grill and the French fryer, you know? I mean, we can't do that, right? Wow. So, um, so we did that. And then I think, uh, Really on the entrepreneurial side, you know, going into college, you know, um, yeah. I was uh, I was always in in I was in a marketing club and a sales club. And, you know, it was 
it was always about, you know, um, kind of stretching yourself. Uh, you know, I was, uh, a president of, I was in water polo as president of the water polo uh-huh. club and, uh, tough sport too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think maybe because of, you know, the younger, you know, doing things at a younger age, um, I was able to negotiate contracts and do, do things, mm-hmm. you know, in, in college that I kind of look at my kids today and I know they could do it, but I don't know if they would feel that comfortable, that you know? Too. So, yeah. 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 So that was the, you know, I mean, the entrepreneur of it was just this interest in creating something, you know, right. or, right. you know, creating something from, from very little. Yeah. You went to NIU. Uh, was mm-hmm. it a you know, determined uh, decision that uh, all your kids would go to college. Uh, you know, mom and dad want that for you. Did, didn't mom and dad have a degree? And, and you know, tell us a little bit about uh, Neither of my parents did. Yeah. They were, um, you know, since they got married early, they didn't finish college. Right. And so I had an older sister that went to University of Illinois. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think it's a little different than it is today. I think I looked at three schools and I went to NIU because, you know, that's that's where I got a swimming scholarship. Right. right. It was it was pretty yeah. much preordained that I was going to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And and studied marketing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I originally started out as a as a political science major because right. I had aspirations. I got to be careful of saying this. I, I really thought I was going to be a politician one day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And so I was, I was, I started poli sci, I was going to be pre-law and then quickly realized how boring some of the poli sci <laughs> classes were. It I sounds mean, like just, me in accounting and finance. I, I yeah, had a They were just path. so dry and so boring and, you know, so far from, you know, the, the entrepreneurial spirit where I right. came from. And so right. it was just natural that, that I started looking at, uh, at business and then marketing and sales. So John, did you have ambitions for the Olympics? Did you try out? Were you at that level in, in college? Um, yeah, my whole family, we, we thought we were going to be Olympians. Uh, I mean, we grew up watching Mark Spitz and, right, and, right. Uh, and seeing that. And, um, you know, I, I think you get to a certain level and you realize how different the, the competition is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, later in life and, you know, I, unfortunately I've kind of, maybe force my kids into this, but we we've been to the last, uh, two, maybe three Olympic trials and wow. I got to meet some of the Olympians and, uh, um, I was really lucky, not this past uh, Sunday, but the, the Sunday before, uh, Ryan Lochte was in the, uh, oh, the yeah. pool that, uh, that we swim at and he, he gave a, uh, um, like a stroke clinic for master swimmers. And so nice. I got to swim right next to Ryan Lochte. So that was, Super. so no, I had aspirations, but never made it to the Olympic sorts of Olympic trials, but I've, I've been lucky enough to swim with some Olympians. Yeah. Super cool. So what was that first job you took out of college? Um, I worked for, uh, this was an interesting company. So I worked for, so at, at NIU as like a side job, I went and, uh, it was a company that was liquidating furniture stores oh. and the, they were based out of a, a town called Sycamore, which is right next to DeKalb where I was going to school. And I was just doing a part-time, you know, working at the furniture store. And right. then when I finished school, they, uh, they offered me a position as a, uh, a manager. And, um, 
you know, with, uh, with furniture stores, they would, you know, these were going out of business sales and Mm -hmm, so it was mm -hmm. 90 days and I thought, ah, what the heck, I'll try it out. Right. And so you would be there for 90 days and then on to the next spot. So I was in New York and then I went to Virginia and then went to Fort Lauderdale and, you know, all these interesting places. Saw the country. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, they paid for it. Um, yeah, there was obviously some interesting, I think it was, you know, 23, you know, at the time. And I wasn't really supposed to, I was supposed to be more of like an assistant manager. And I think the first job that I was on, the uh, um, the general manager, it was four stores that we were closing. Uh, he was caught drinking on the job Ooh. and uh, I was put in a tough spot where I had to call the... Uh, the owner of the company and tell him, and he flew out to New York and dismissed him. And then he put me in charge of this at 23 years old. Wow. Right? Wow. You know, I mean, you know, each store, you know, was a three or $4 million store. So I'm managing $12 million worth of inventory trying to turn it, yeah. um, with kind of very, very little guidance, uh, other than the guidance that I got, you know, when I was younger of just work the problem and, uh, and, uh, you know, ask questions. Yeah. So and do the right thing. Try to do the yeah. right thing. Yeah, yeah. And try to do the right yeah. thing. Yeah. So I did yeah. that for uh, a couple of years yeah. and the grind was just, uh, so hard. I mean, they were scaling up and it was supposed to be 90 days on 90 days off. So you would get 90 days wow. off and I never got the 90 days off. So it was really, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like two years of working straight, you know, oh bell to bell, gosh. you know, weekends. Right. And then, um, still I, single know, at the time, John, or I was still married? single at the time. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness was, for that. <laughs> you wouldn't, you probably would have stayed that way. Yeah. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I tried a couple of different sales jobs and, uh, the way I ended up at, at, at Cherry's at the company that I'm at now yeah. is, uh, I was dating, you know, she's my wife now, but she was my girlfriend then. And we yeah. were dating and, I was in between jobs or, you know, working a couple of jobs and not really happy. And, uh, she was talking to somebody at work and they said, you know, look, uh, you know, my, uh, my husband is the general manager at this company mm. and they're looking for a salesperson. You know, I understand your, your boyfriend's in sales. And, yeah. and so I went and interviewed for the job and I'll tell you what, it was the strangest interview that I've ever been on. <laughs> He spent like 45 minutes trying to talk me out of the job. Oh, gosh. (laughs) What what is going on? I've heard that technique used before. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was definitely uh, a technique. And so, you know, the doors (laughs) open and other people can hear the conversation. Oh, my goodness. So maybe like 15 minutes into, I turned to him and I said, you know, I I said, are you adding to the staff or are you replacing? And he goes, right, right. And the walls are paper thin, right? And he goes, well, we're replacing. And I said, you know, does the guy know and he goes, he does now. <laughs> you know, oh, I mean, seriously, because that's how thin the walls were. Was oh like, my goodness! Oh my wow. gosh! It was the craziest thing. Yeah. And so then, then he said, "Well, you know, you're going to have to talk with my uncle, who owns the company, and you know, he's he's a really tough guy to please." Mm. And mm. Uh, so I met I met Bud, and and Bud said, "You know, um, yeah, we talked for maybe an hour, and he said you're hired." Yeah. And and I said, "You know, look, uh, you know, a couple of the other jobs that I was at, you know, they." They couldn't make payroll, you know, they, mm. they, we didn't have a contract. They said, can we sign a contract? And he said, he goes, I'm a handshake guy, but sure, if you want a contract, no worries. Huh. So we wrote up the contract and it basically said something to the effect of like, here's your base pay and, 
if we don't like you in the first 90 days, we're going to fire you. <laughs> or if you don't like being here, you leave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was 29 years ago. That's um, amazing. That's, yeah. And I just have to say, John, I think of the 270 plus, uh, five plus, 275 plus episodes I've done, you're probably the second CEO, interestingly, also an industrial company that joined in kind of an account manager position and, yeah. you know, spent 25, 30 years to become CEO. That's really amazing these days. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, some days I feel like it's last man standing, right? But there's, <laughs> there's other days, right? You know, I was, I was, uh, you know, people have said you were in a lucky spot and I said, no, I was given an opportunity and, yeah. and really, um, yeah. uh, worked to work the problem and, and just, you know, I mean, the owner was really great at seeing, you know, um, good help, you know, right, and, right. you know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but he, he had he a talent with that talent. and he recognized yeah, it yeah, and he promoted yeah. and, and mentored. So, yeah. So, so, so I, you I joined really, in the mid, you joined the mid nineties. Yeah. Did, I started in uh, 94 yeah. and uh, I mean, I really re- thought that I was going to, you know, it was just a stepping stone. You know, maybe that was my months. next question. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever think you'd be CEO in those early days? No, <laughs> I mean, I think the first week I was like, what did I get myself yeah. into? <laughs> right, Who would buy right. this? Right. And then oh uh, I mean, I've told, told employees the story and it was back when you would have the TV VCR combo, right? And so oh, sure. the first right. week they gave me some VHS tapes and said, throw it in there and this is your training, <laughs> right? So wow. watching it on an yeah. eight inch screen, looking at this and going, who would buy a pallet inverter, right? Who would buy the yeah. products that we sell? And, right. uh, and then, you know, I, I, what, what really kind of caught me that first year is the customer base. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the, the all all was, enterprise, right? I mean, l- yeah. large companies from the most part. All yeah. enterprise, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and they pay and their bills typically, which is a they good do. Thing. And yeah. you know, the other thing that was pretty <laughs> exciting is we were um, we were able as a small, I mean, small company like four people, we were actually changing some of their production processes. You know, it's wow. so like a company like Hormel. It was really exciting. Where yeah, you know, they would give you a problem, and we would say, okay, I think we can solve this, but you're gonna have to change X, Y, and Z, and then we can bring in you know, certain level of automation and right. just remarkable that such a small organization could make an impact on such a big company. I, I hadn't and they'd been do it. They, they'd make those changes, would they? They would. Yeah. They yeah. would. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was right. really a remarkable thing. And it was the list of, you know, from Pfizer to General Mills yeah. to Hormel to Tyson yeah. to ConAgra. I mean, you name food or pharma, you know, we were selling to them or, you know, at least- Early on, it was a lot of Johnny Appleseed, but, you know, it was, um, you know, we were, we were really kind of helping these companies with, with workplace problems. Right. Right. Now you were privately owned at the time and are mm-hmm. you still today? Did you? Yeah, we're still privately ESOP? owned. Yeah. yeah. Are you, are you an ESOP now or how did you transition? No, we're, from the we're, we're, it's something that we're exploring. Yeah. Um, so again, there's a. Uh, an interesting story. So, you know, Bud, so it was really Bud and uh, the general manager I was telling you about, that was his nephew that, right. that was interviewing me. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, probably 10 years in for me, you know, Bud was getting on years and he was looking, as every owner is looking at, how am I going to transition? Right. His kids weren't involved in the business. Mm. Uh, his nephew, and he started, really, he was the founder. He was the founder. The original, yeah. right, Bud right. was a serial entrepreneur as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he yeah, had, yeah. you know, by the time that I got at Cherries, he had, he had bought and sold, you know, or he had 
founded and sold three or four companies at that time. Wow. Amazing. Um, so I think my, uh, uh, the nephew thought it w- the natural trans transition would be is that Bud would sell it to him. And, mm-hmm. and Bud approached us and said, you know, look, I have a number in mind. Uh, he said, I want to go through a business valuation. Here's the number. Here's mm-hmm. where I think the company can cash flow. You know, um, you know, I'm giving you guys, you know, write a first refusal, uh, go to the bank, see if you can finance it. Uh, If not, you know, I'm going to find an outside buyer. So, you know, we we went to the bank, we leveraged up, you know, we put some money in ourselves and uh, we bought out Bud. Um, Now, one of the conditions of the sale and uh, and I I wish, you know, as we were writing the buy sell agreement and even before that, I wish, you know, I, I going backwards in time, I would have made a change. But one of the conditions was, is we had to be 50, 50 partners. Oh. And, uh, you know, and so that, that really kind of started the, the next chapter, which was for the, about seven years, the next seven years we fought every single day. Mm. I mean, we were just not aligned. Yeah. We were aligned on, you know, selling because we were both salespeople and right. you know, how to take care of the customer. But, he wanted to he wanted to run the the company as a lifestyle business, and I wanted oh. to run it for growth. Right, right. And uh, very different objectives. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. then you know, I mean, every organization needs uh, a leader, and there were two leaders in our company, and right, so it was right. really distracting for the for the employees. Did you share the CEO title? Did you do a co-CEO? No, well, he was that? the um, president, president, and I was the CEO. I was the CEO, but yeah. you know, really. Yeah. Um, because he was senior, you know, he yeah. wanted really all decisions to kind of roll up to him. Mm. And, and we tried dividing up sandboxes and, you know, he was in charge of really like finance and, uh, and operations. And I, I took over sales and marketing cause yeah. I was, you know, at some point in time I was a sales manager as I was yeah. making my yeah. way up yeah. Yeah. and even that didn't help. And we were constantly mm. into, into each other's sandboxes yeah. and, um, so, uh, a, I know it's a long story, but there, there became a point in time where we had to sit down at the table and, uh, I said, this is not going to work out. So, right. you know, you either, you either buy me out or I buy you out or we hire attorneys yeah, or we sell. And, you know, it was a very tearful moment for both of us. And I imagine. It's you know, he was, he was like, you're buying me out. He's like, I'm not going to buy you out. So that's, and then we spent the next year, you know. <laughs> you know, working out the details and the number right. and everything else. But uh, that's how I really got to being the sole owner of the company. Got and it. That's, and, and, that's and how long ago was that? Uh, that was so. in 13. 13. I mean, I think years. officially it was 14 because there was some right. seller financing in there. But yeah, right. about, you know, nine years. So about halfway into your term as CEO. Right? Yeah. You've been right. About 15 years. Right. Yeah. Good. And, and uh, where was the company in terms of, you know, kind of a range of sales back in 94? And where are you guys today, as well as employees? Um, I think in 94, we were probably 2 million. Yeah. Um, you know, now we're in that 15 to 20 million. Nice. Nice. And and how many folks uh, are employed by you? Uh, we're, um, we're, you know, we fluctuate between 20 and 25 employees. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And again, still serving those large customers. It's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love it. 
I love it. Well, tell us, you know, you started, you know, with some management responsibilities early on, right? I mean, was that kind of when you moved into the sales manager role or when did you first started working? At, or, or yeah. So, lead, you people? know, I mean, I, I, you know, and not, not to make the story sound even more interesting, but really when I started, I was like, you know, an assistant to, you know, to, to one of the sales guys. Right. And then right. I made my, made my way, sell, made my way into, you know, a sales position and an account manager position and did a lot of traveling. And then as we were growing, it was like, well, we need a bigger staff. And so, um, you know, Bud just said, you know, like, you know, John would make sense as, as the sales manager to, to, to drive that. And then, um, then there was a, a small, you know, Bud, Bud had done, you know, a, a, a phantom stock for both David and I, David right. was the, uh, uh, was the uh, the other person so we kind of looked at it at that point in time that we were the three-headed monster you know it was the three <laughs> of us right to go back to the chicago bulls right the three-headed right, monster right. Love it. and so um and that was really working i mean we we had this you know right or wrong you know three people you know two could have about the other one and and you know david and i really kind of ran the company like we owned the company which right. was really good and yeah, there's moments that I think it really, when, you know, the, the stock was put out there, that's that was our first kind of look at the financials, which was right. exciting for us just, to, just to not see top line, but, you know, you know, see the, see the net side of it. Yeah. And, um, and so again, small company, you just keep taking on more and more responsibilities. So I was the sales manager and then something else got dumped on yeah. me and then something else. And so, I mean, it, it was never termed a senior leadership position, but it became a senior leadership right, position. Right, and, kind of evolved uh, that way. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. How do you think your leadership styles evolved over those last twenty-eight years? Um, I, you know, what I grew up in, and you know, I'm 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 not judging. What I grew up in was really a command and control. Sure. You know, do what I say. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I struggled with that. I, I yeah. mean, I. Maybe it's growing up in a big family, but, you know, I always kind of was like the, the mediator, you know, I was right. always trying to right. mend fences and make sure everybody was okay. And yeah. so even as like, before I had a leadership position at the company, if somebody was struggling, I would, I would want to kind of jump in and help. Mm -hmm. And the command and control just didn't seem like, you know, you were doing like the softer side of the business. It was like, nope, right. this is it. You don't like it, leave, you know, I mean. Uh, this, this is what we need to do. This is how you get to it. Just do it. There was, there wasn't a lot of creativity around it. Um, so I would say over the 29 years, that's definitely how I've evolved. I mean, the way that we run our company now, we're in a couple of systems. We, mm. uh, we, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the great game of business. It's, uh, about open book financial transparency. Yep. Yep. I've got a we, couple of clients that employ We that. do that. Yeah. And we also yeah, do cool. EOS. And, yep. um, yeah. and then Do I've also well. yeah. done uh, small giants, which is really about, nice. yeah. um, servant leadership. So yeah. that's really the way the company has been run ever since Very I've collaborative, cooperative, taken, yeah. yeah taken yeah. over is bottom up, you know, you know, let's give everybody in the organization a state and the outcome, good or bad. Yeah. Let's harness right. the wisdom of the crowd. It's not perfect, but I mean, we're, we're, it's a much better company yeah. and, uh, yeah. There, we were at a, a toxic workplace when me and my partner were, were fighting, you know, Imagine, yeah. I go back to a, it was a business divorce and, you know, 
instead of the kids suffering and the employees yeah, were suffering. Employees so, do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Same right. thing. What, what do you, how would you best kind of define your company culture today? Uh, well, I mean, the, the first thing that we, we really did, and I know a lot of companies do this is, is, you know, you state your mission and your right. core values and you put it up on a poster and, <laughs> or you take it out of your desk every now and then. And, and we really scrapped that, you know, yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, we just, we just went through and we said, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to have more involvement on this. And, and we had uh, everybody, you know, write on a post-it note, you know, five core values that mm. like you would ask, you know, like who impacted your life? Well, I always think, you know, values are taught at a young age, right? right. Priest, you know, parent, whatever it is. So, I mean, right. everybody has them. So we said, sure. bring them to work, you know, bring them to work, put them on yeah. a post-it note. We did the exercise of everybody came up and they put their, their core values up on a whiteboard. And then we went through and we said, okay, this kind of looks like this. And this kind of mm. looks like this. And, and we, we, we got it down to six core values and we nice. start every one of our meetings where we state our core values and just not stated is, is, you know, why is this core value important to you this week? Right. right? right. And then uh, we changed our purpose. Um, we always knew that this was our purpose, but we never really talked about it. You know, our purpose is to positively impact the, the lives of everyday people. Mm. Right. And uh, we looked at that because it was, you were such an outward company, you know, and, and what we really supply to these plants, this is not an advertisement, but what we supply to these plants Make sure that that person that goes to work goes home to his family and he's not hurt, right? Yeah. Right. And then we thought about that too, and we're like, well, how do we impact the people here at work? And that's it. You know, we're here to really kind of enrich the lives of the people yeah. around us, right? So, yeah. how are we impacting the people that sit next to us, right? Whether it's a new home, a new car, you know, yeah. maybe it's not even financial. Maybe it's just emotional support, you yeah. know, stuff like yeah. that. What do they need? Yeah. Love right. That. Yeah. So I, I would say that that's how our, our values have changed. I mean, we, we didn't even talk about that stuff. I mean, we wouldn't have talked about it back in 1994. It's know? a big shift, John. I mean, that's literally right. from like one end of the continuum to the other. So congrats with that. Yeah, and, you know, your growth you. has shown it. So it's obviously working for you. Yeah. Thank you. Good to hear that. What do you look for when you're making bets on the people you invest in and hire, John? Um, you know, for a lot of years and in, in the, you know, we've got a guy who's been here for 20 years and He's got a list of all the employees that have come and gone. Wow. I haven't seen it, right? But yeah. um, we really made a conscious effort, you know, uh, about two or three years ago. Is It's a character thing. You know, you hire for character, you teach and train yeah. the rest. But um, we take it a step further now where we do our weekly huddle with the great game of business. And it's a really different way of running the company. And so we bring applicants in and we sit them down in our huddle and they get to see what the business looks like. Wow. And we take our two cool. top applicants and it's usually pretty good because the people that yeah. participate are usually the ones that get hired, you know? Right. Right. And then you got 20 eyes looking at that person. They, they know <laughs> whether it's going to be a good fit. Right. Yeah. And, uh, there's also some people that have just, they just, you know, get to that level and we had, we had two or three people over the past three years that they just said, you know, it's really interesting, but I, I, I think I'm going to pursue something else. And we're like, mm. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Great. That is it, awesome. It right. Yeah. We don't right, need right. you sitting in a chair, you know, questioning what yeah. we're doing. We want you to right. participate. So do you have a pretty um, good retention rate through that process. We do. We do. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we we've we've let a couple of people go over the uh, over the past couple of years, but it happens. Yeah. these were lifers, and you know they finally got to a spot where they weren't, you know, they weren't really drinking the Kool Aid, so to speak. Right. You know, right? And you know, we thought maybe it was a training issue, and then you just really realize at that point in time it was more of a mishire, or maybe yeah. more of a misalignment. You know. Right. When they're not really thinking the core values are that important, you know, then it's they're going to bring the rest of the group down. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need that. Do you have a favorite uh, interview question that you use, John? And so would you mind sharing it with us? Um, I don't you know, I, I, I really uh, I used to do a lot more interviewing and I, yeah. I haven't done much uh, recently. I think for me. You know, usually when I get a chance to talk to the uh, to the to the new employees, um, I do a lot of what you're doing here. Is I, I want to go back to understanding. Yeah. So, like if it's an engineer, you know, I always say, you know, I mean, at what point in time did you realize <laughs> that that's really what you wanted to do? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And you know, the ones that that you know it was uh, really a, a good fit because it's is right chair, right person, right? Right. You know. Right. Um, is the person that says, Hey, I took apart the VCR. <laughs> you know, yeah, my dad yeah. was really upset that I took apart the VCR. <laughs> I put it all back together and yeah. all the pieces were there. And it worked. those are the good ones, yeah. you know, where, yeah. where if somebody says, well, I was kind of unsure and my parents guided me into engineering <laughs> and you're not going to be passionate about no, it. You're, you know, it's no. not something that you're, you're doing that you're going to love. Right. It's a, it's a great question. My son's an Emmy and he's been doing battery design work, you know, in the, yeah. the new economy, so to speak. And right. if you asked him, he'd say, it's when I was six yeah. and my siblings and my parents would, you know, give me the instruction book when things they couldn't figure out. And I would yeah. figure it out for them. And he's been doing that his whole life. So, well, yeah, or I would great. say, did you, did you grow up with Legos? And they'd say, yes. <laughs> right. And I said, did yeah. you follow the instructions or did no. you free form? Right. And so <laughs> with an engineer, you, you really know pretty quickly. That's but, right. I mean, my son, that's was right. the one that didn't free form. He was, yeah. he's, he's an engineer. Yeah. It was yeah. following the, following the, the instruction book. Right. Absolutely. Terrific. Well, John, we're just about out of time. This has been a very enjoyable conversation, but we always have one last question. We always ask our CEO guests and that's kind of what career and life advice would you give someone maybe who has their eyes on the corner office someday on the company they're uh, in, or maybe wants to be an entrepreneur and run their own company someday. Yeah. Um, so this, this is something that it took me a long time to get to, mm-hmm. um, especially as a CEO, is, you know, I always, I was always brought up to, um, to think that, you know, when you were in a leadership position that you had to be strong. Yeah. And I think really later on in life, what I realized, it's so much better to be humble and mm-hmm. to tell people you don't have all the answers, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and to let the, the rest of the group help you. You know, sometimes it's a motivator, small, John. It's a motivator yeah, to others, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Some small businesses, uh, especially smaller businesses, a lot of the the CEOs or the owners, they feel like they've got to shoulder everything. Mm. And uh, so, I, I would just, you know, that, that that's always my advice: is is don't feel like you have to shoulder the work. I mean, you've yeah. got you know a really great, talented group around you. Let them participate and right. be okay of. Of letting people know you don't have all the answers. Yeah, yeah. John Costello, President and CEO at Cherry's Industrial Equipment Group. Thank you so much for sharing your journey into the corner office. Thank you, Brent. Really appreciate this. 
Thank you for listening to Into the Corner Office with Brant Hanley. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest CEO story as much as we did. If you want to hear more CEOs reveal their journey into the corner office, please subscribe via iTunes and tell your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brandt, Resource Options International, and the mighty middle market, visit www.goforroi.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode.